Overthinking. We've all been there. Where one thought seems to multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply and multiply till all we're left with is a giant mess to try to make sense of. Maybe you're someone who struggles with this kind of overthinking. Maybe you're someone who sabotages your own plans, desires, and blessings by getting yourself involved in other people's drama. Or maybe you're someone who constantly feels like your thoughts and emotions are proving to be uncontrollable and are controlling you instead. Whatever it may be, we can all benefit from learning how mastering our inner world can truly transform our outer world, pull us out from being stuck, boost our faith, and take our lives in the right direction. Let it go. Emotional detox. It's good to see you this morning, and we're going to continue today with our current message series called Let It Go. And today's message is inspired by, um, what's her name again? Mary J. Blige. Is that who it was that sang No More Drama? I asked the staff this and nobody knew. Who sang that song, No More Drama? Does anybody remember? You should, I'll give you a job because you're the only person then that would know any questions that I ask in the office. Okay, that's who it was that sang it. So, um, and, and last week, it was also inspired by a song, Let It Go. <clears throat> and I want to look today at a topic called No More Drama. Have you ever watched one of these videos in which two complete strangers, usually in Walmart, it seems, have a complete drama while other people are videoing it. Have you ever seen these videos? And you're watching them and you're thinking, what even caused this? You're trying to work out what even caused it, and usually it was absolutely nothing. And I've been thinking about this subject, about one of the reasons why we get caught up in drama so much in life, and why it always seems to be over nothing. So, in order to educate myself, I have watched quite a few People of Walmart videos and things like that, trying to identify what the issue actually is, <clears throat> and... Because I've been aware that I was going to be speaking on this subject, I've been thinking about this recently. And one of the things I've realized is most drama that happens between two people actually has nothing to do with those two people. It is to do with something else. It just so happens that two people with unresolved issues over something, happen to bump into each other at the wrong time. And so I've, I have been watching this and I've been trying to work out what are the causes of drama. I'm one of these people that like, I, you know, like I do a lot of kind of like introspective thinking. You know, you shouldn't do that too much, but you should do it a bit. And uh, sometimes I try to work out 
why did I say that? And why did I behave like that? And, and trying to work out what are the actual dynamics behind things that happen? Because we all know that if when drama happens in the world, you know, whether, whether it's a road rage incident or whether it's whatever it may be, it's usually not about that thing. So what is it about? And what I've been working out is that usually it is a complete tangled mess of other things. Have you ever, uh, have you ever like had a, a, a bracelet or a necklace or some kind of chain that you found in a drawer and it's tied in knots and it's really difficult to untie that thing without causing damage to it. You have to be very careful. You have to, actually, you have to find somebody other than me to do it because I just grip the thing, you know, and um, bring me a hammer and we'll see what that does to it, you know, but I'm not one of these patient people that, that knits and things like that, you know, and I mean, if I tried knitting and I dropped a stitch, I would just drop the whole thing in the trash, you know. What do you mean pick up a stitch? You know? Uh, so it usually, that's what drama is like. It's to do with different things in our life that are all entangled together. And when you're trying to unpull one knot, it's getting tightened someplace else. So I've been watching this and I was watching some of these videos and I was trying to work out why people get into these dramas. And so... I tried to kind of like look at my own life and my interactions with things and noticed where there was potential for drama. Just little things, everyday things, things that weren't drama but had potential for it. For instance, one of my pet hates is bad customer service because I'm paying your wages right now, you know? <laughs> And you're treating me, I, I, it's, it's one of my things. And recently, I went into this, this place of business. I had a, a form in my hand that was completed. I thought I was just going to hand in a form and to pick something up. And when I went in, I mean, like, when I went in, I said, here, uh, uh, to the woman at the desk, I said, here's my form, I'm here to pick up such and such a thing. And she said, who told you that? Um, so I told her who told me that. And she said, that's not what happens. First of all, you make an appointment. And then somebody will speak to you. And then we'll decide whether you need this thing or not. So, okay. Okay, I'll make an appointment. I'm far too busy to make an appointment just now, she said. <laughs> While she's sitting at her desk in front of her computer with her appointment calendar open, you know. And I thought, I could feel it. <laughs> but I remembered that a couple of days before that, I had preached a sermon called Let It Go. <laughs> so I let that little balloon go and I went out and went into my car. And I was really, I could really feel that she was pulling my strings, right? And then I thought, you know, 
I could have, if I hadn't let it go, I could have said something back. And then she could have said something back. And, and then the other guy waiting who was scrolling through social media would have started videoing. <laughs> right? And then I thought, you know, I was really irritated by it. And then I thought two things when I got into my car. The first thing I thought was, me feeling irritated by it does absolutely nothing to change the situation. It just allows me to feel miserable in the meantime. So the situation is what it is. I can be miserable during it or happy during it. I could actually decide I'm not going to call the number and make an appointment. I'm going to go to another business or something like that, you know? So all of that, like... I am not powerless in this situation over my own emotions. Why am I letting them get to me? The other thing I realized was I took that personally when I went in there. She was too busy for me. But actually, she was in that mood before I even went in the door. It was nothing about me. It was nothing to do with me. She might not even be in a bad attitude Maybe that's my perception of it. Maybe she's not in a bad attitude. Maybe she's in a sad attitude. And I suddenly remembered a story that I had a friend once, and he worked in this, comp- this sales company, and he told me about their team leader who was always giving them, you know, like motivational talks and telling them to be positive. And every time they met a customer, they have to be positive and have a good attitude and all that. Anyway, he took them all. He took his team out to this restaurant for a meal and they're sitting at a table. And the waitress came over to take their order. And she was a bit, her demeanor and her voice and her body language and her facial expressions were kind of like this woman. And because this team leader was always telling his people to be positive, he said it to the waitress, what's the matter with you? Put a smile on your face. Be positive when you're serving customers, he said. And she burst into tears and said, I'm really sorry, but two minutes before you walked in the door, I got a phone call to say that my mother had just died and I'm waiting for another staff member to come in and relieve me so that I can leave. It had nothing to do with them. But when we misunderstand other people's things, (laughs) their issues, and we think they're to do with us because we're convinced that we are the center of the universe, so it must be to do with us. And, um, like, here's another little one I noticed recently. I... uh, um, I, I was going into a park uh, in a shopping mall area. I'm into this parking lot. And I was coming down one way and a woman was coming up the other way. And there were two spaces, but they were opposite each other. So I could have one and she could have one. But we couldn't do it at the same time because they were exactly opposite each other. So um, she was coming up and she pointed to a space and said something. But my bionic ears were not working and my psychic powers were a little bit lacking that day. So... Like, I wasn't sure what she was saying. I wasn't sure which of the two spaces she wanted to go into. And anyway, I was just going to run into a place and pick up one item from the counter and run. But I was going to be 30 seconds. So I thought, I'll just abandon the car here. I'll leave both of the spaces. I'll just abandon the car here, run in and pick up. So I did that, ran in, picked up the thing, walked out, and um, 
and walked right into her, you know? And so I said to her, I didn't understand what you were saying. Uh, and she said, um, I was pointing to this spot. And I said, yeah, I know, I thought you wanted into that spot, but it was still empty. And she said, no, I wanted you to go into that spot. And I said, oh, whatever. I mean, I wasn't bothered by it, so I was totally nonchalant. I said, oh, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. And went to go into my car, and then she said something, passive-aggressive. <laughs> and I thought, you just preached a sermon called Let It Go. <laughs> And I got into, I let it go and I got into, I didn't bother turning around saying anything. And, um, but when I got into the car, I thought, I don't, I'm like, I don't understand that. And then I realized she thought that I was grumpy about the thing because I was doing my usual Scottish complete expressionless pan face, (laughs) right? So, and I was completely, yeah, whatever, I don't, I mean, I don't care, which, it's all right, I'm going to go back to my car, whatever. But I had to, and she, she thought, he's grumpy, right? And then I thought, why would she think I was grumpy about that? And then I thought, oh, because I was grumpy, actually. Not about that. I suddenly realized that as I was coming into the parking lot, in my internal monologue, which I do have, I'm one of the people that has that, I was driving into the parking lot complaining that the snow hadn't been shoveled, hadn't been cleared in the parking lot, and I was having to go up bumps and down valleys and all of that. So by the time I saw this woman, I was emanating grumpy vibes. But it was nothing to do with her. And, and but she thought it was, and then she said something to me, and it was actually nothing to do with me. But, and then I suddenly realized how usually drama is caused not by the circumstance you are in at the time, but by the place where your mind is while you are in that circumstance, right? In other words, sometimes... You know, things can happen in the outside world and they can either affect you or not affect you. But if they do affect you, it's because inside you're someplace else. You've got something else going on. And, um, and so everybody gets caught up in drama at some time. It's very easy to do. But if it becomes a way of life, if it becomes like a lifestyle that you're always striving with other people and all of that kind of thing, then it's become toxic. In fact, it can become like a drug. I've met people that actually seem to get high on drama. You know, it's like they, they love it. And, and, and they come alive when there's drama going on. And um, if that's the case, then that is unhealthy. That is unhelpful. It's okay if little things happen from time to time. Um, Because like those two situations I told you about, they were learning experiences for me. I learned something about me there. I learned two things. Number one, I learned that I let other people's bad customer service bother me way too much. I am not their boss. I don't pay their wages. I don't need to go back to that business if I don't want to. Why do I let it bother me? That's not their issue. That's my issue. I can't change them. I can only change me. 
Okay, so I need to deal with that. The other thing I've realized is that quite often I might be giving out vibes that other people could interpret as being about them, even though it's not about them. So maybe instead of giving out grumpy vibes, if I went about giving out happy vibes, joyful vibes, eh, peaceful vibes, then maybe it might trigger something Positive in other people rather than something negative in other people. You know, Jesus was, Jesus never allowed himself to get caught up in drama. If you read through the Gospels, you'll find out there was always drama going on. The religious leaders were causing drama. The townspeople were causing drama. The demon-possessed people were causing drama. Everybody was causing drama. They were trying to throw Jesus off a cliff. They were trying to shout and heckle him. All kinds of things. And Jesus just kind of like walked on by. Completely. Doesn't bother me. Now, what was Jesus' secret? Well, he gives us it. I've got a verse here. I think it's John's Gospel, John 14, 30. The ruler of this age, that's a phrase, a figure of speech for the devil, for evil, for the powers of darkness. And he says this, the ruler of this age approaches, but he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. In other words, the devil or people or whatever it may be, bad circumstance, things can happen in your life that might be unpleasant and might not be good and might not be what you want. But if it doesn't have a place in you, in your thinking, in your memories, in your emotions, in your attitudes, if it doesn't have a place in you, it is simply something happening out here. It doesn't bother you. You can be free from it. But here's the problem. Sometimes the old devil comes our way and he finds that he's got 625 things in us. What, what will I play with today? That chip on the shoulder they've got? Or that bad attitude towards certain people that they've got? Or that, what will I play on today? Very often... The evil one has a lot of things in us. And, and sometimes Christians can even, when they get involved in a drama, they can even extend it so that it becomes like a, a spiritual drama too. And now they, now they want a, a prayer panic. You know, you know what a prayer panic is? It's different from the kind of prayer where you're praying and you're receiving peace. It's like you're, you're absolutely panicking and like a drowning person trying to grab onto anything. You're praying and asking God for help because you want God to fix all these things. And he's saying, is there something in you? Is there something in you that needs to be fixed? Because if you're holding on to something in you, you need to let it go. Here's what the Bible says in the book of Philippians, uh, book of Ephesians. It says this, stop telling lies. T uh, let, let us tell our neighbors the truth. For we are all parts of the same body. Do you know that you can't really hurt other people without hurting yourself? You know, it's like if you put your hand there and you hit it with a hammer, your big, your big toe doesn't feel sore. It's all right. 
but your body is in pain, okay? And he's saying here, don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a place to the devil. Remember, Jesus said, the devil has nothing in me. Well, here is telling us how very often the devil does have something in us. There is something there that can be played with, that can be pulled upon, and so on. And so my question to you this morning is, are you allowing the devil or people or the circumstances of life to pull your strings? Who are you allowing to pull your strings? And just to illustrate that, I've got some strings. Here are some strings here. Could you be my helper? You, you don't need to come up. You can stay down there. I need to do this without pulling my microphone off. Let's see if I can do this. There we go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Who is pulling your strings? I want to look at some causes of drama. Some causes of drama. Could you take this? Don't pull it tight or you'll hook me. Take it away over there and give it to Andrew. One of the first causes of drama is victim thinking. Victim thinking. Take this one and give it to Christian. Not any Christian, that particular Christian right there. <laughs> we'll go through the rest in a moment. That's another one. And then here's another cause of drama. You may need to go under. We'll put these two at two ends of the front row, okay? Yeah, you choose. Whoever you trust. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have trusted him, but you have. Right. And one more. I mean, you could take this one yourself if you want. Do you know the Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs, it says that gossip is like a tasty morsel. You eat it and it goes down and it lodges itself deep within you. You know, very often with drama, there's a little bit of bait involved, like bait on a fishing hook. Nobody wants to swallow the problem, but you want to swallow the bait. But the bait's on a hook. And once you're on the hook, people can start, right, you people start pulling my strings, will you? People start pulling your strings. And in fact, it's not too bad if only one person's pulling them at a time. But if everybody's pulling your strings, have you ever felt like everybody is pulling you in different directions? And so, here's the first one. The first one, you're victim thinking over there. So when I say victim thinking, you tug. Victim thinking. 
okay. <laughs> the first cause of drama is when we start to see ourselves as victims, when we have victim thinking. Now, sometimes, that's it, he's doing it right, you need to listen because I'm going to give you code words in a moment. Every time I say victim or victim thinking, there we go. And so, some, I could be going through life and something happens and all of a sudden I feel sorry for myself, like I'm a victim. <laughs> people do that. Now, sometimes people say, yeah, but you don't understand, I really am a victim of something. Well, maybe you are, right? Maybe that bad man over there victimized me one time. <laughs> but it was a year ago. But I've still got something in me. Every time the devil comes, he has something in me. <laughs> Every time Andrew comes my way and I see him and I think, oh, I'm a victim. He victimized me. And he might not be doing anything now, but I feel like a victim because I've swallowed the victim hook and it's got lodged deep down within me. And so victim thinking can be something really real. By the way, I have noticed this, and I don't mean to offend anybody or anything else like that, but I have noticed very often, I actually noticed this as a child, I, I got brought up in an area where we lived in a nice area. There wasn't any crime. It was nice houses. It was nice and quiet. We never had any money. I mean, we were broke most of the time, but it was a nice area. And so I felt safe there. But I used to watch, on, I remember watching the TV. Even as a kid, I noticed that there was a connection between poverty and drama. I noticed that people, I didn't have this language, but I noticed that people that came from areas that were more like the ghetto, say, seemed to get involved a whole lot more in drama. And because I, I remember as a kid watching the news and the, um, there was in a city in England, there was some riot going on in the kind of poor area of the city. And I, I was watching this on the news and I remember saying to my mother, why do poor people burn their own neighborhood down? I don't understand that. Why don't they go to the people they're upset with and burn their neighborhood down? Why, why are they burning the shops and the cars in their own neighborhood down? And I couldn't get my head around that. I remember my mom saying, well, you shouldn't say it. You shouldn't call people poor people. That was all she said to me, right? So I never got the answer. But as I got older, I realized that there is a cycle between people who feel like they do not have any power over their life. The only thing they feel they can do is create drama. But the drama then puts you in an even more powerless situation where you have to create more and so on. There's a cycle. Hey, if you don't believe me that victim thinking, victim thinking, um, causes drama, read the comments on social media, okay? Just read the comments. It is amazing how many people have a pity party right there on social media and anyone who doesn't jump into the pity party and roll around in all of the pity with them, they get angry with. Victim thinking. Another, another over here, you are unrealistic expectations. 
Another cause of drama is unrealistic expectations. Very often we get caught up in drama because we expect something. For instance, I went into a shop and I expected to hand the woman a piece of paper and for her to hand me a box. That was what I expected. When that expectation didn't happen, I was confused for a minute. And, um, and, but she didn't expect that to happen. That wasn't her expectation. You know, now that, again, that wasn't a drama. It was just a little thing. But if you magnify that into something bigger, very often dramas are caused by unrealistic expectations. If you think it's other people's responsibility to make you happy and run your life for you, that is an unrealistic expectation. You will feel like a victim. Victim. (laughs) And if you have unrealistic expectations and it makes you feel like a victim, you feel like you're being pulled in all kinds of different directions at the same time. A third cause of drama is codependency and control. Codependency and control. It takes two to tangle in this one. It takes two people. Like, if you're not codependent, controlling people will not affect you. If you're not controlling, you will not attract codependent people. But one needs the other. There are some people who need to control other people in order for them to feel like their life is safe. And there are other people who need to be controlled, who are codependent, because their inner need, the hook in them is, I I don't feel needed, and I need to feel needed. And the only way that I will feel needed is if I'm around needy people all the time. And so you end up having a controlling person pulling your codependent strings and you as a codependent person are pulling their controlling strings. And in actual fact, to get back to the woman in the parking lot, I realized because I I was given off grumpy vibes and had grumpy body language and all of that kind of stuff um, and she thought it was about... So not only was she pulling my strings, I was pulling her strings. I think very often often we're going about pulling each other's strings instead of having conversations with one another. Codependency and control. If you're in one of those situations, you will need somebody in the other. If you can break the thing that you've got caught in, if if there's a controlling person in your life and you can break off the codependency that you're struggling with, their control will no longer affect you. It will be like snipping that cord. Another one is lack of clear boundaries. Lack of clear boundaries and lack of inner peace. Let's just do them both together because they're both a lack. That's you. So when I say clear boundaries or inner peace, you go. So very often we have no clear boundaries in our life. And that's why we get caught up in drama. We allow ourselves to get into situations where we say yes, yes, yes to all kinds of things that we don't really want to say yes to 
And now we have overextended ourselves. And when you're overextended, you feel emotionally frazzled. In fact, can you all pull the cords at the same time right now? That's what it's like to be overextended. Am I going this way? Am I going that way? Am I going that way? Am I going that And we got all caught up in it. Lack of clear boundaries. Do you know that God's even got boundaries? Do you know that? Do you know that in the Old Testament, when God set up the temple, there was an outer court, and all of the people of Israel were allowed to come to the outer court. And then there was an inner place, a holy place, and only all of the priests were allowed to come into there. And then there was the Holy of Holies, and only the high priest was allowed to come there. People, in your life, be friendly towards everyone that you can. The Bible says, live at peace with all people as much as it is within your power to do so, right? But you don't need to let everybody into the holy place in your heart. Have clear boundaries, People who damage you, you can be friendly towards them, you can be kind towards them, you can be loving and forgiving, but you don't need to open the door to your heart and say, come in there with your cleats on and stomp all over it. You don't need to say that. You can have clear boundaries in life. Another one is the, a lack of inner peace. And I think a lack of inner peace is caused by all of these things. If you're struggling with victim thinking, with unrealistic expectations, with codependency and control, and with a lack of clear boundaries and a lack of inner peace, we end up feeling like there's so much turmoil going on in our life. And then we try to fix it. And you know how we try to fix it? We try to fix it by fixing the people that are doing it. We try to say, you're triggering me because you're not using the correct words that I want you to use when you speak to me. And I am not going to fix myself and snip this. No, no, I want you to change. I am about to embark on a project that is guaranteed to bring me unhappiness, attempting to change another human being, as every woman who has ever got married knows. Okay? Attempting to change another human being is something that only that person and God can do. And we're not called to take the beam, to take the scale, rather, out of other people's eyes, but to take the beam out of our own eyes. We are not called to take the strings that people are pulling out of their hands. We are called to find out what is wrong in us that makes it that they can pull. <laughs> that was, makes them think that they can pull our strap. I'm not going to get this back out, am I? This <laughs> is not going to come back out. And um, I, I'm hooked for life, okay. <laughs> but I can change me. I can change me. But when I try to change everybody else, do you know what I do? I get a hold of all these things and I get all tangled up and everything and I'm trying to fix them and I'm trying to untangle them. And it becomes like, you know, when you, when you go to pick up your, your, um, 
your, what do you call it? Dental floss. Maybe this doesn't happen in your house and you find out the cat's been playing with it. And it's like, that ain't going in my mouth now. It's like everywhere. And you're all tied up. But people, there is an amazing verse in the Bible. I mentioned it last week. I want to look at it this week. Let's put it up. Uh, no, the next one. Let's go to the next. Let's do that one first. Let's do Colossians first. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, we are called to live in peace and always be thankful. If I can have peace in my heart and an attitude of gratitude, I am dealing with all of the hooks that are within me. Okay, the next one now. And here is the verse I mentioned last week. It's from the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught us it. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Some, some people say forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That is the Lord's Prayer in English translated from the Greek version, the manuscripts we have. But Jesus and his disciples spoke in Aramaic. What does it actually say in Aramaic? It says this, untie the knots of failure binding us and we release the strands that we hold others with. Now those people can pull my strings of victim thinking, unrealistic expectation, control and codependency, a lack of inner peace and a lack of boundaries. It's having no effect on me whatsoever. I have let go. I have released the strands that I was holding them by. And I've asked God to break me free from all the knots that are within me. And I think we should all do that right here and right now. Are you up for it, church? Come on, let's stand together. We're going to say this prayer. I want you to think, think of people, people in your life, people in your family, people in your neighborhood, people in your place of work that pull your strings at times. I want you to think about circumstances that happen in life that might be small things or not big deals, and yet for some reason they become a big deal to you. I want you to think about things in your past. Maybe you were a victim. Maybe you went through a trauma. Maybe something unjust happened. Maybe you were cheated on or hurt in some way or other. And the memory of that lingers with you. And now if anything similar to that happens, you feel it all rising up within you. People, we cannot change the past but we can change what our life is going to be like in the future. And we cannot change other people in the world, but we can ask God to change us. We can snip all of those cords because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Are you ready to be set free, church? Okay, come on, lift up your hands and say this with me. Father God! have made that tie me up 
original chair.